Good morning. We are here with Kevin Tomlinson, the non-executive chairman of Cardinal Resources, the um, gold buyer listed on the TSX and ASX. Good morning, Kevin. How are you, sir? Good morning, Matthew. Yeah, very well. Thank you. Yeah, good to see you. Well, thank you for joining us. We've recently had a conversation with Archie, uh, Ken and Trevor, just giving us their thoughts on the up-and-coming DFS and the company's ability to, you know, get into production at, at, at some some later point. Um, we wanted to catch up with you um, and sort of understand a little bit more about you. So, um, if you're okay, I'm going to start with a few questions. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Because I noticed you're not only a banker by training, but also a, a geologist. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I started uh, in Canada. Graduated with honors there in the early '80s. Moved down to Australia to my master's in structural geology. Worked in industry for about oh, 15, 20 years, I guess, and around exploration and mines. And then went, uh, did a finance degree and moved into uh, banking, basically. I had a research at Hartley's for about five years and then up to London in banking for 10, 12 years. Uh, financing companies uh, such as Sentiment, Semifo, Cisco, and his partner. Um, M&A advisory as well. Very good, very good. And when were you actually, when did you first come on board with Cardinal? Oh, uh, November 2016, I think it was. 2016. So you've, you've seen it evolve through its sort of exploration into development stage. Yeah, and it's quite an exceptional discovery really by Archie and Malik and the team and to deliver where we've got to so quickly is is you know, tantamount to working pretty hard and going for it. You know? And I noticed some, well, we'll see, I think I mentioned earlier some of the um, the, the, the individuals who have joined the business in the shape of um, Ken and, and Trevor. I mean, how did, how did you identify them as the individuals that you needed on board? Well, um, Trevor, uh, I'd worked with at Sentiment on the board there um, for about five years. And uh, Trevor was instrumental in building the Sakari plant. Uh, it's a 10 million per annum plant nameplate ramps up to about 11 and a half. He's worked in uh, Ghana for many, many years. Uh, he's got 35, 40 years experience. So a, a true mind builder, international mind builder. And before Trevor joined, we also wanted to get North American representation for uh, mind building experience. And we cast the net out to our network and, Ken's name kept popping up all the time as a guy, if you could get him, you'd uh, be doing very well. So Ken went through all the data, all the reports, was really happy with what he saw, met the team and said, yeah, he'd like to join. So he's got 35, 40 years experience as well. A lot of mine builds from Barrick and I think he was the third employee at Barrick uh, with Peter Monk when they went from 150,000 ounces to 5 million ounces a year. So both of those gents have, lots of experience of building big things right and 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 obviously i think there's a reflection of moving through to uh from an explorer explorer through to a developer and then into production 
the skill sets that you've got on board seem to have evolved and, and, and changed as a result. I mean, we've been very active at that, really. We made a, a conscious effort to make sure the skill set of the board and the company is evolving as we move through the phases. So, you know, we're about to kick off the DFS formally and, you know, we'll, we'll make announcements with regard to that on further members of the team. Fantastic. Tell me, tell me a little bit about um, your role there. I mean, how how do the board interact, and you know, what what roles do each of you assign yourselves? Well, I, we try to have uh, in person meetings every quarter if we can. That's important for camaraderie and team building, and also throwing ideas around. We'll have um, phone calls probably once a month every six weeks. So that's how that works. We have a specific committee set up for HSES that Trevor's involved with heading that up. We've got um, Michele Mishula, who's a corporate lawyer, M&A specialist, who does the audit committee and uh, compliance. And then we've got Ken, who heads up the technical committee. Uh, so we've really got the specialists uh, heading these committees so that, you know, they, they, they do their committee meetings and then they report to the board as you would with normal other companies. And, and so with regards to the board, what would you say the kind of key focus for the board is this year? Uh, delivering on the DFS, uh, financing the operation and expiration. We've got some very good expiration as well. And so the, the, the timing of the DFS, you, you're looking towards Q3, uh, Q3 this year. So right. you know, we're working pretty hard. We may be able to deliver a bit easier, but we're telling them earlier, sorry, but the market we've told them is uh, Q3. Right. And, uh, and, Obviously, the new team on board looking to deliver that has got to be 100% of the focus. But um, he's, and we've been speaking with Archie. He's, you know, he's, he's a guy who seems to um, deliver what he says he's going to deliver. Um, are you quietly confident that you're going to be able to deliver this on time uh, for the end of the year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm very confident. I mean, when we did our PFS study, it was actually a lot of those components were done to a DFS level. Uh, when we did our PEA, a lot of those components were done to PFS. So we've really tried to be ahead of the curve with all the things we've done. And, you know, Archie stepped up to the plate really well. You know, um, he's just embraced the role and garnered the right people. And he's got a great attitude to get the best out of everybody. A real pleasure to work with. It's, it's interesting, actually, it, where we see companies trying to manage operations remotely. You know, whether it be Canadian companies managing operations in you know Western Africa, or Australian companies managing assets in South America, have you found having the CEO and an operational team actually in country beneficial? Has that allowed you to, I think, you know, put out fires as it were quicker? I I sleep easier at night knowing that Archie's you know 25, 30 k's from the the drill site, the drill rig. Malik Isha as well. He's a Ghanaian. He lives in uh, Accra, but he's always up to Bolgatanga. He's from that region. We've also got Echo uh, Taylor, who is a geologist, a local Ghanaian, who um, is heading up the exploration. So having boots on the ground for us is, is a great advantage. And it means you have a lot of contact time with the local chiefs and, and people. Our, our office is right in the village, Bolgatanga. And people know where where it is and they drop by all the time so when i go down i'm down every couple of months and you know i'll meet them the mayor or one of the chiefs or local chiefs and and hear from them and 
and their aspirations. So it's, it's quite good. I get, yeah, I, I think if you don't have the buy-in of the locals, it can be problematic. Yeah, well, I mean, I think also, you know, with Trevor's experience, he's worked in Ghana for, I think, about six years. Mm. Uh, so he knows the ways of Ghana. And having a project this size up in the north where there's really no large developments there, we're getting fantastic support from the government. They really want to see this operation move forward. So obviously big delivery in the shape of the DFS uh, in, in, in Q3. Um, that be a, should be a catalyst moment for the company. Yeah. But I want you to look back to 2018 and give yourself, uh, assess yourself in terms of your performance. If you could do as a report card on Cardinal Resources 2018, what does that look like? Well, I think really um, moving 16 rigs onto site surprised people. So we drilled out the resource rather quickly from the four million ounces up to seven million ounces, which was a surprise to people. I think there's a big tick of approval there for that. So that was one of the deliverables where we, we got to PFS level before anybody knew it. I mean, we were saying it was PEA, but it was really PFS level. I think that was a great tick of approval. I think also delivering a PEA and a PFS in one year was a huge achievement. Not a lot of people can do that. So that was a big achievement. And also I think having such rough markets and taking the debt with Sprott, who are a fantastic group, to lend us that money to not dilute shareholders and to be able to negotiate a 30-month term means that we're not under pressure to raise money. We're husbanding our money carefully, um, but we are very pleased that we did that. We had a lot of positive feedback on that. Thank goodness you didn't dilute us out the back end. You know? so, yeah. so I think those are pretty good achievements, actually. Fantastic. Well, actually, yeah, I, I look at the, 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 the cash reserves that you have i think that gives you a lot of optionality and even after you know the point of the the delivery of the dfs so that's that's 2018 we've talked about 2019 but let's talk about what some of the audience really want to understand is why do you think cardinal resources is one of the better gold investments for 2019 well i think one of the key things is that um it's a, a very large and it will be very profitable operation. So I think that's excellent. We've got the, one of the things that I don't think people have recognized is we have a starter pit that's, you know, a, a bit higher grade, 20, 30% higher grade than the rest of the ore body, which will pay back any uh, loans that we have rather quickly. So under two year payback. Right. So that's a great thing. And which, which, pit, which pit is that? Or that's at Namdini, it's, but it's a starter pit. It's got a, nearly a million ounces in it. Yeah. Uh, out of the 4.8 million ounce reserve. So that, that really helps the economics. So I think that's a great uh, kicker there. And once people start to focus on the gold sector, which they have started to do, people recognize that this is a large standalone operation that is owned by a, a single company. So... Um, we're getting great government support. We're working on a stability agreement with the government. So I think that would be a nice catalyst for us going forward. And the DFS is well on track internally. We're, um, we're working hard to deliver that on time. So I think that's good. And we've also got a lot of uh, exploration, interesting hits that we've had recently in Ndongo East. So and, yeah. And so that will 
depending on results, we're going to look to accelerate that. And having feed of higher grade than the 1.4 grams in our starter pit has a material or will have a material impact on the economic. So that's some of the things that we can look forward to in 2019. Well, tell us a little bit about that. You've got, you've got obviously, you know, 1.4 grade, but you're looking like you've got some higher hits in there in terms of uh, Ndongo East and Nandini starter pit. And that will that will feed in to increase the overall grade of the the, the project, presumably. But the, none of the are there any of those numbers in the um, the feasibility study which you currently have the pre fees. Yeah, the, the, the starter pit numbers have been incorporated into the study. Right. Why the economics are so nice. Um, with the regional exploration we're doing, it's early days right yet, but we we know from just um, modeling that we've done internally that any kind of uh, higher grade material on the pad above the 1.3, 1.4 grams has a, or will have a material impact on the economics. So that's why we're focused on these higher grade shallow deposits within trucking distance of Namdini. Right, right. And on that regional sense, you know, Archie's team has worked diligently to soil sample auger pretty much across the property. So we know where the anomalies are and we've done all the geophysics and, and right. like, so we're now testing each one you know, slowly but uh, cautiously because we don't want to blow our budget either. Right, right. Oh, oh, yeah, obviously. Um, so just a sort of a, ge a general um, question here, not necessarily specific to Cardinal. Can you help, and this is with your uh, geology background, can you help uh, investors understand the, the type of business that Cardinal um, is or, or businesses like Cardinal? How do they go about processing ore bodies like this in terms of having a sort of low grade component with with high grade what how does that actually work in in, in everyday life you mean how do we mine it yeah how's it how's it mined um in terms of you know obviously processing low grade is very different from processing high grade yeah okay so i guess one of the key things that we have and we're fortunate this is what the same as sakari uh, in Egypt, we sent him in Egypt where I was on the board and, and that. Um, the key thing is that we actually have an ore body that has mineralization throughout. So yes, it is lower grade, but we don't have to do whole of ore treatment. What we do is we crush it, we grind it, and then with a process called flotation where the sulfide that contains the gold in fractures is floated off and that concentrates the gold to about half an ounce per tonne. Then that goes through a, a regrind and extract the gold with a CIL circuit. If it wasn't like that, you would be crushed, grind, you wouldn't have float, it would go right through to the CIL. So that means that the back end of your plant is much larger, your capital's higher, your operating costs are higher. We have the benefit of actually having that sulfide that we can float off and then regrind. So it's a much smaller volume. It's only say 10%. So 10 million tons in, 1 million tons we work at at the back. So that's a huge bonus for us. It is the same as Sakari, huge bonus that you can actually work with lower grades and make really good money. And so, I mean, well, we're talking of, of, of the margins there, I mean, I'm looking at your ASIC number, your all-in sustaining cost. It's, I'd say, bottom quartile. Yeah, I mean, the first uh, two and a half years, it's 560, I think the number of 570, and then uh, it goes up to 770. Yeah, still a, a great number. But that does give you again a lot of lot of scope. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, that, that, that's, that's, that's interesting. Well, look, um, Kim, thank you very much for your time today. Um, that's been quite insightful. We've been dying to sort of hear a little bit more um, from, the, from the board as to you know, what their thoughts are for 2019. And um, uh, we shall stay in touch and look forward to hearing more updates soon. Okay, very good talking to you, Matthew. Thank you very much, Kevin. Cheers. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you want to see more insightful, in-depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.